0: He uses this word whilst, whilst to being healthy as I can. Many thanks. Keep it up. Whilst. Whilst. Whilst
1: Whilst is the word.
0: That's not a word, though. That's the thing, Dave. Yes, it is. Whilst is a word.
1: Whilst I am doing something. You're spelling it wrong. It's
0: W-H-I-L-E. While. No, it's not. No, it's W-H-I-L-S-T. I think he's trying to spell whistle, but he's missing some letters. That would make more sense to me. Scott. This week on Drugs and Stuff, why are a bunch of baseball players testing positive for oral ball? Then we have a bunch of listener questions. Cartering, is it really as bad as the studies made it out to be? YK-11, does it really block myostatin? Can you use steroids to repair injuries the same way you'd use growth hormone and peptides? DHB, dihydroboldenon, we give a compound breakdown, plus we talk about the pros and cons. TRT, do you need to come off and resensitize? Is it possible to complete just a few cycles and still maintain your health? Plus, I teach Dave how to spell the word whistle. You're going to want to stick around for that. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with David Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com, GetAsUf.com, and Supplement d- Needs is at .uk, I think. You guys can go to the descriptions for all that stuff. We've got uh, different codes to get discounts at all of those sites. What's up, man? We have drugs in the news. Today. We have a story about some baseball players that have been testing positive for a little drug that we like to call oral turinabol. The story has it that uh, baseball players are testing positive for a 50-year-old East German steroid. And guess what? They can't explain why, Dave. They can't explain why. I can think of a few so reasons. The,
1: because they took it.
0: That's a possibility, yes. That's probably a, one of the big ones, right?
1: Could it could it be contaminated corn or contaminated milkshakes?
0: Hmm. Well, here's the situation: Houston Astros pitching prospect uh, Kent Emanuel uh, has known players who served suspensions for li- violating baseball's rules governing performance-enhancing drugs. They always swore that they didn't do it, but Emanuel admits they were. Uh, there was always a little seed of doubt in the back of his mind. That changed in June when Emmanuel learned that he had tested positive for oral tyrinobol, an anabolic steroid commonly uh, used uh, in East German's (coughs) state-sponsored doping programs throughout the 1970s and 80s, not Major League Baseball in 2020. Uh, Emmanuel assisted, insisted that he never took it, joining a growing list of players desperately seeking a scientific explanation that would clear their names. 21 Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball players have been suspended for uh, oral tournament ball since 2015. Many tell an identical story. Their urine contained trace amounts of the same newly discovered long-term metabolite, and the players can't explain why. They said that their careers and their reputations have been unfairly destroyed. This comes to us from the Wall Street Journal.
1: I'm just... I'm trying to think if there's any way you could accidentally or even cross-contaminate with t and I can't think of anything.
0: Hmm. Now...
1: I mean, obviously every person that's ever failed a drug test has always said i didn't do it
0: of course so of course
1: so <laughs> that that's no great but uh, i mean it, it would be a very good drug of choice yeah i mean i don't don't like thinking because it was popular in the 70s that it's not a a, a viable drug it's a very viable drug and, and the the information that was collated by the russians and the east germans in the seventies and eighties, in their doping programs, was impressive in the way it improved the performance of their track athletes.
0: Yeah. Now the the the, the year it says fifty year old East German steroid. They act like it's like something that was never used anymore. Let's talk about another drug that was produced in nineteen fifty nine. A little drug called Dianabol. It's not like that's out of date nowadays. You know what I mean?
1: Was it fifty nine or was it fifty six?
0: You know, you might be right. I thought it was fifty nine. I'll look it up as we uh, as we talk here.
1: No, I actually, I think, I think the start of him looking into developing it was fifty six. I think it was the World Powerlifting Championships in New York in fifty six, where Ziegler got the idea of developing a performance drug for the team.
0: Okay, I'll look it up.
1: I'll look it so up. I, I, I think he started development after the fifty six World Championships. But, yeah, I mean, it, this is it. All steroids are old. I mean, this is the bit that people don't get. You know, the vast majority of steroids are, are from the 50s and we, earlier even.
0: We were both wrong, actually, in 1958. So we, we were both oh, close, okay. but we were both wrong. Yeah. Um,
1: so it took him a couple of years to get it together. But... Um, yeah, I mean, most of the steroids that we're familiar with are not new developments. They they've been around donkey years, a very yeah. long time.
0: Yeah, so so to say, you know, oh, this is an, an outdated, a fifty year old East German steroid. How would it ever show up in a, in an athlete's urine today? It's not that far reaching, you know.
1: It's I think what they might be referring to is in a sense of a medical product, in a medicine. Okay, you yeah. don't you don't see children ball as a medicine. No, um, you see that so a lot that, of lists, like, a lot of lists. Yeah, yeah. So that <laughs> might be why they're talking about it being dated, but I mean, just, it, it's it's definitely a very viable choice.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: It's, you, it's not aromatizing. It, it gives good performance yield with not overly increasing body mass. So you know, it it does. It is a very good choice. No, but I, uh, I just I. Apart, I mean, I you you'd think they would have a stronger defense than I don't know. I didn't do it.
0: Well, I have. Uh, I spoke to my significant other and researcher Victoria Felkar. She uh she had a couple potential explanations that I thought I'd share with here with you here today, Dave.
1: I'm interested. Go on.
0: Number one is they did in fact take oral ball. Uh, due to Never. the situation.
1: Never. Really?
0: So back, uh, if, you, if you look back in history at the, um, uh, the uh, uh, what was it, when baseball shut down uh, and that there was the, the strike, there was a lot of people that thought that they would not be tested for an extended period of time, that a lot of times these drugs are used during an off season when there's enough time to have the clearance. That there may have been more situations where people thought that they could get away with it, but then all of a sudden, baseball rallied and that they continued playing anyway. So the chance of taking it, thinking, "Well, we're not even going to play this season," could be a lot greater. If you ask me, man, it's still quite a risk to be taking, but I could see it. I could see it for sure. The world
1: when you when you look at the risk in within. What is quite a, a closed community, really, when you're talking about coaching level of baseball players and professional level, and you look at the potential financial reward, it, you know, it's not a, it's it's a very obvious decision in a way, isn't it?
0: At the same time, it's uh, a, a very big risk because if you were to get tested, and, and I guess here's the thing, just because you take it doesn't mean that you're going to be tested, right?
1: But it would also depend on how widespread it really is. What do you mean? Well, say there's 20 guys fail for T-Bowl, but in reality there's 40% of professional baseball league are taking some form of performance in that Druck.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Then within that closed door of coaching, it would be a very common practice.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: you would so think. It wouldn't be then as much of a taboo, would it? Because, oh, we've all been doing it. We all get away with it. And yeah. Then, oop, Got
0: a pool when I got caught. Yeah, yeah. So there is that. Uh, She had another potential uh, situation here, that the the testing every year gets to be more specific, and the testing is going deeper. That that testing is not. And she talked about this when we had her on the show before. That uh, doping testing isn't something that's just like black and white and written in stone. It's always evolving, and these tests are getting to be deeper and deeper. It's potential that they're picking up some type of a natural metabolite that does exist that is looking like this, like this similar. You know, she had said uh, there were so many cases of positive doping tests for DECA. And athletes that had later found never did take DECA. But because of, you know, natural metabolites that were at a very low level, these people were testing positive. And if you think about it, it didn't add <coughs> up. It didn't add up because people know that DECA for an athlete is the kiss of death. That you have an eighteen once you take it, you're gonna test positive for at least the next year and a half. There's no chance of getting away with that. But all these athletes were testing positive for DECA over the years, and it wasn't until later that they actually figured out that the testing had made mistakes. So there's a possibility that as this testing gets better, as they're looking deeper into metabolites, that they're picking something up that that just looks like this.
1: Could you ask your significant, much better looking over half, if she's got any information on what caused the positive Decker tests.
0: Um, yeah, she does. We have talked about it. I'm sure she'll have some, some insight in Yeah, that. it'd
1: be interesting to see what it was that was causing the positives.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll find out. But nonetheless, this is… But I, then
1: if if the testing was being so much more sensitive and it was picking up naturals, then surely you would see a much greater level of failure.
0: Yeah. Well, possibly. Possibly. It depends on um, somebody's individual chemistry. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So, I mean, if it, 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 you know, everybody is unique. If you look at, you know, some of these people that have had natural testosterone levels that are out of range, there have been people that that look like they would be doping that weren't, you know, women that have, you know, high natural testosterone levels, stuff like that. So, there could be some abnormalities in there, you know? And I think that's yeah, I mean, more what, what she was pointing
1: at. What's the name that lost her appeal that has to take uh, testosterone blockers, do not you? Yes, to yeah. Bring, uh, natural levels down. Yeah, and there have been I think is like highly, un, oh, highly unfair myself. But it will be interesting to see what this uh, study into the long-term effects of um, muscle memory and... Mm receptor proliferation and all the rest of it you, you know that we had him on a while ago he was looking for people to get engaged in the study yeah be interest that that i think is due out next year so that'd be really interesting to see how that goes that's going to have a huge impact on on i think testing and testing results and subsequent bans or non as they may be in period of bannings yeah if they can prove that a period of high androgens is a permanent advantage then i think bans will just become lifelong
0: yeah yeah they possibly could be
1: that that might change the the drug use in sports quite a bit, though. Possibly. When you know it's one strike and you're done, you're gone. You're never going to compete again.
0: Dave, your voice sounds so much more rich and um, rich and and uh, soothing now with that with that microphone.
1: Well, let's just hope that my protein forget I've got it.
0: Dave, you guys want to know how Dave got that microphone?
1: Because. What you're going to do is you're going to moan at me if they take this mic back until I end up having to buy one. And I'm tight and I don't like buying things.
0: So Dave did the podcast with my protein. Now, they're a very big outfit. They sent Dave that mic because his last mic was so shitty that he, they said, we, well, we really appreciate you using that mic, but we're going to send you one,
1: Dave. And guess what? Dave hasn't sent it back yet. So they that. haven't told me where to send it. How can I? I don't know where to send it to. They're supposed to be telling me where to send it.
0: Oh, okay. Let's see here. Uh, and
1: while, while it's here, I might as well use it. It'd be rude not to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm just hoping they forget. I'll be upset if they actually send me a message tomorrow now saying, oh, we heard you on the podcast yesterday. Can you send this mic back,
0: please? Yeah, we forgot to <laughs> ask, and then we saw that. We saw you using it. Let's see here. Uh, We just got a comment from Juan. He's in Mexico. Uh, He says, uh, 20 years ago, a friend of mine who is a medicine doctor uh, goes to Brazil to train at their Olympic center where he meets some Brazilian soccer players from a national team, uh, world champion uh, and professional league. They use HGH to recover and uh, some other PEDs. Uh, prepared for the season never tested positive for nothing perhaps baseball players need better advice regards from mexico <laughs> hey what's up guys scott here i'm going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll get right back to the programming if you're listening to this on itunes do us a favor leave us a good five-star review that'll help other people to find our shows thank you for that all right so i'm going to shout out the joint supplements that they have available over at nutrition.com today And uh, listen, if you guys didn't know, I mean most of you probably do, I had a partial tear in my shoulder recently and it was quite a scare because I thought I wasn't going to be able to continue lifting the way that I enjoy lifting. I don't want that to end and thankfully I'm not going to need surgery, but I am going to need to take care of my joints and this was a wake-up call for me. So I talked to Dante Trudell. It turns out there's only two supplements that will actually rebuild connective tissue. So the first one is hydrolyzed beef collagen, and they offer this through True Nutrition. It's not cheap. We're talking like $25.99 a pound. But listen, each scoop, you get 29 grams of high-quality, high-digesting protein, plus you're rebuilding your connective tissue. So you're using this as a supplement, and you're using this as food, so you can replace some of the protein powder you would have been drinking to offset the cost. I got the unflavored version, and basically there's no taste to this stuff. There's maybe a tiny, tiny aftertaste, but there's basically no taste. And what you can do is... You could just mix in some Crystal Light or mix it with you know, an intra-workout that you're using. You could use it at any point of the day. I've been mostly using it either as an intra-workout or I've been mixing it with my pre-workout. I had a little bit of Crystal Light, and I am good to go. The second supplement that I'm using is a product called JFlex from True Nutrition. And the most important part of this is a supplement called UC2. That's undenatured type 2 cartilage. So with the beef collagen, you get type 1 and type 3. This provides type 2. So these things combined will give you the best chance of restoring connective tissue and keeping your connective tissue strong. Along with that, it also contains glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM, SAMe, you know, things that you would expect to find in a regular joint product. And you get boswala extract and curcumin, both of which are great for inflammation. So if you wanna take care of your joints, check this stuff out and you can use our code ADVICES. That'll get you a little bit of additional savings. And of course, that goes directly to help support our programming. I want to keep lifting the way I want to lift as long as possible. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with David Stanley Crossland. I'm Scott McNally, no middle no middle name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> guys, we have a bunch of listener questions here. If you want to add any questions to the feed, feel free for all of our live listeners. Uh, we will start out. Let's see here. Um, we've got something about Cartering. Uh Zinc- S- Zinc
1: What's it? Is it Cynthia, your middle name? Yes, yeah, Scott Scott. Cynthia. Cynthia Mertnally.
0: How did you guess that on your first try?
1: Just the way you look, mate. Just you know, <laughs> Oh thanks. Thanks, Dave. Dave. <laughs> yes, he's learning. He's got all English on there. Good lad.
0: Guys, I won't tell Dave my middle name now because I know his middle name and it's I've got this like power now, because he wants to know my middle name and I'm not telling him. So anyway, uh we got a question about Cartering here. Seems like a great addition for en- enhanced guys uh, has glucose disposal effects and gets the HDL up there. However, is the cancer concern legit or overhyped? I hear the studies were not the best.
1: Mm, uh, the problem with the studies is the dosing. Yeah. Um in all the studies the dosing or the comparative human dosing would be astronomical. Yeah. But Catherine has been dropped from every clinical research trial. Yeah. Everyone. So there's obviously something in it. The big problem we have here is that we have drugs that a large dose can be damaging and a small dose can be very well tolerated, even if you run that small dose indefinitely. Yeah. But we also have other drugs where a large dose is damaging – and a small dose over a prolonged period of time is equally damaging.
0: Hmm.
1: And unfortunately, we don't know, and the guinea pigs for this is the people that are using. Because it never went to human trials, it never went to human studies, it's never been studied at length, there's very little clinical research on it apart from the animal studies, which all came to the same conclusion, and that's why the drug was dropped from development. So... Does a small dose over 12 months equate to a large dose over two months? I don't know. N- nobody does. Yeah. I, I personally think that, like a lot of drugs we, we have available to us, none of them are particularly necessary.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and so when there are alternatives to dealing with the problems that cause people to choose calorene, then I – I just don't see, I personally wouldn't want to take the risk because out of the conditions we can get, the big C is a pretty big one. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it, it's, and it's not that it's not recoverable from because it is, but it's just that that process of recovering from it is very unpleasant. Yeah. and And quite often the treatment for cancer is worse than the symptoms you get from the cancer itself. Yeah,
0: as far as the HDL uh, increase goes, now I have actually used this. I used it two times, um, and and I'll tell you what. I mean, really, from all aspects of it, it worked. You know, for fat mm. loss, it worked great. It was mm. great I, I, for
1: I, I, it was great for. I think for it fat does loss. what it says it does. Yeah, I don't um, think there's any doubt in it, in its performance in the way it actually does yeah. increase HDL, increase cardiovascular no. ability. I, well, I, I have any doubt in any
0: of that. I had some drawbacks, too, though. You know, it, it worked great for fat loss. There's no question. Um, my HDL tends to run low. It brought my HDL uh, HDL up by several points. I usually sit around twenty five. I think it got up after a couple. I, I, I want to say it was like six, eight weeks that I used it. It got up to it was over 30, I believe. So it it jumped up significantly after being stuck at twenty five for an extended, extended period of time. That was like the only thing that moved it up. Now that said, uh, my my liver enzymes also went up a decent amount. They were in the normal range. I can't remember what they were, but they were both flagged. AST and ALT were both flagged by the end of that run. So it's not something that I would want to use long term if I did use it. You know, but uh, and, and so for for HDL purposes. Uh, After that, my HDL went back to normal. So it's not like something, it's not like I'm going to take it like a niacin and continue using it. Uh, And further, just because it raises your HDL, just because the number goes up doesn't mean that mortality is going to change, you know, even like niacin, you can use niacin to raise your HDL, but there's been no studies proven that that increase will actually improve your, your lifespan. So there is that.
1: Yeah, I think there are drugs out there that will give us the readings we want in our bloods without actually repairing or preventing the damage that we could potentially be causing. Yeah, yeah. You know, almost like a Band-Aid, a, a cover-over, which this, the rot still – it's almost like filling over the rust and not treating the rust. The rust is still going to grow in the background, even yeah. though you've patched over it and it looks all nice on the outside. Uh, and I think that's one thing as users we are particularly bad for doing and we are particularly prone to doing is to – Manipulate things so that we get a good set of bloods, so that we feel we have a clear conscience for doing what we do. Absolutely, when, when actually we've created a very false environment to create that set of bloods.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's no question.
1: Um, I think that's something we're particularly bad for as as users, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll say that if HDL is a concern. You know, increase your healthy fats, your omega threes. I'd say increase your fish oil. You can you can really ramp up that fish oil too. Try if you're taking if you're taking two grams now, move it to move it to five grams, six grams mm. a day. You know, that's not going to be an issue at all. Um, like I said, healthy fats, um, C- citrus. Yeah, citrus is beneficial. Super bio curcumin. That could
1: be another citrus. Citrus bergamot. You oh, citrus bergamot. Yeah, yeah. You can bring that up a,
0: a gram. I started using. Um, I don't have it down here right now. The Heart Stack by Supplement Needs—they call mm-hmm. it the uh, CV Stack—and that it's has very good. citrus bergamot in it. So
1: it's it's very good. It's I'm going to run that good. for very, a little
0: while, get labs, and see what happens.
1: Very well dosed as well. It's it's decent dosing. Where you see a lot of these products where they have the right ingredients, yeah, but they're just at doses that aren't going to scratch the surface. Whereas the the supplement me stuff. And I'm not just saying this because they sponsor the show because I've been a fan of Supplement Needs for some time. Yeah, um, They do kick out good quality, well-dosed products. I mean, I use their Astrologist Flow uh, and that's improved my kidney function by eight points.
0: Hmm. I got it right here. Yep. I haven't used yeah, it I, yet. I haven't used it yet.
1: Four in the morning and four at night and that took my EGFR from 20 to
0: 28. Damn, nice. I,
1: and my renal consultant was like, what you done? How has that happened? Yeah, yeah. he couldn't work it out. And that's when I told him, he was like, "Well, just keep doing it."
0: Okay, we'll move on here. This is from uh, Billy. Billy Ryan thoughts. I think we talked about some of this stuff before. Thoughts on YK11 and its purported ability to inhibit myostatin. Can utilizing this SARM while running a TRT dose of 150 milligrams of testosterone take a bodybuilder to the next level? Despite, uh, uh, despite running blasts with other compounds
1: right can we please just for once put this to bed no okay a myostatin inhibitory drug is a live biodrug it's a living culture okay yk11 in studies just shows suppression of myostatin yes so does testosterone
0: yeah
1: yeah to the same rough amount and the reason yk does it is because of its similarity to testosterone in structure. It's not going to have any impact that's going to be in any way noticeable in the terms of myostatin suppression. Myostatic suppression drugs are grown from mice spleens and they're harvested. So they harvest antibodies from mice spleens and they grow the drug.
0: Hmm.
1: It's a bio drug. It's a live drug. It's a living drug, which means it has to be treated as such. So it has to be refrigerated, controlled temperature, everything else, can't be in direct sunlight, all these things, which is why true and suppression treatment, though they're not 100% correct yet and working, cost thousands.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. it is
1: such a complex drug that has to be grown. You can't just go and make it in a lab. It has to be harvested and it has to be developed. Uh, and each batch is singular to where it's come from.
0: I know one pro bodybuilder who has made some tremendous progress, and that they used some myostatin inhibitors this past year, and it was very expensive. It was, from what I understand, it was not a cheap thing to do at all.
1: I think the last time I, I looked at pricing, or I, I heard of pricing, you were talking somewhere around the eight ten thousand for a, a, a course. Yeah, and that's if you can get it. Because you've got to find a development lab that's willing to do it for you. And even then you're running a risk because it's not fully tissue selective. Mm, Yeah. So one of the big problems about myostatin, you can actually create myostatin inhibition in your body very, very easily. Um, The problem is there are hundreds of different types. And what we're looking to switch off is the single one that controls, regulates muscle growth. Yeah. But we also have myostatin that regulates organal growth.
0: We don't want to mess with that one,
1: but... There is, there is thought that Dallas had been using myostatin suppressants, which is why his internal organs were so much enlarged. Hmm. Because, you know, if you remember the autopsies, his lung was enlarged, his liver was enlarged, his kidney was enlarged, his heart was enlarged. Everything was enlarged. Yeah. And a lot of people said, oh, that's growth. Well, growth doesn't really do that. So the one drug that does do that is actually myostatin suppression. Yeah. Um, now that's the problem now years and years ago when myostatin inhibition first became aware when people first were aware of it being around there were some back street experiments so to speak with, with antibodies Yeah, and I think it was rabbit they used and they it killed them yeah because their internal structures grew to such a point that their body mm. could no longer, you know, and it, obviously everything crushes against the rib cage then, and you have serious problems. Yeah. So um, it, it's what's commercially available now, um, like your full of statin uh, and your YK11, just doesn't do anything. It's like comparing IGF 3 as a peptide to increlix.
0: Well, I think that IGFLR 3 does something, day. but I think IGF. It still does something versus I don't even think, but I don't even think Folostatin does anything because it's that what I've heard is the new stuff is tagged. Originally, it was untagged and it worked, and that was only like the first batches. Now it became tagged, and none of the tagged stuff
1: works. The the thing is with IGF of 3 it's not going to give if if you truly have elevated IGF levels, you will have unregulated muscle growth. IGF just signals muscle growth, everything grows, yeah. Which obviously you don't get of LR three. You may get a bit fullness. You might get a little bit extra in that department, but it, you're not going to get the same thing as you are by running four milligrams of Incredics a day.
0: Hmm. Also, looking that like, dosing four milligrams versus what fifty micrograms, twenty five micrograms, go well, crazy 100. Other, yeah, you know?
1: that, that's that's the other issue with it. You know, it's just it's just not anywhere near strong enough or effective enough to do what it claims. Yeah. Um, so in short. YK is it's not a bad psalm. I've seen people put some quite reasonable poundage on using YK and Rad 140, but forget about the MyStat side of things. We're not there yet. Trust right. me, when we are, when we are, you will know about it because you'll see an absolute new breed of bodybuilding.
0: That's a good point, uh, Paul Fitz. <coughs> thoughts on using Primo with a test base for 20-week cycle? Uh, do you need more test than Primo? For the benefits,
1: not at all, not at all. I'd see no issue with that. It will be a mild cycle. You're not going to be a mass monster off the back of that, but if you're lean, you could you could, could expect some very nice, stable, solid gains off a cycle. Yeah. Uh, test two fifty mega test a week, four six hundred mega primo weeks, and a nice little cycle, depending on where you are and your level of development.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, Rob Taylor. Everyone has been saying forever that Tren is the baddest dog on the block, but is there a better replacement on the way?
1: Tren's been around since the late seventies. Um, well, it's been around longer, to be honest. But I mean, it was obviously as parabol and it was around in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's. Any particular development in, in the world of actual anabolics? Okay. Development now is peptides, um, SARMS to a small degree, but that does seem to be dropping off massively now. Uh, but stuff like myostatin inhibition, that is an area of massive research because they know if they can create that to work successfully. That's a golden ticket when it comes to to pharmaceutical trade because you've now got a drug that combats muscle wastage diseases you know okay. very very well um, so in the in the world of actual anabolic development there isn't really much happening it's more in other areas of, of androgen receptor development and other types of drugs rather than just straight AAS yeah Um, I don't think there is a drug on the planet that MIG for MIG would match Tren. Um, It is very unique. It's very unique in its action. I actually looked at it a little bit today because I was looking at progestins and progesterone. Okay. Now, Tren is or acts to some degree as a progestin, which means it acts like progesterone, but it isn't progesterone. And for a long time, progestins and progesterone have been looped together as being the same sort of hormone response. And it's not actually true. Uh, and did you know, I didn't realize this, that progesterone is neuroprotective?
0: Uh, I want to say yes, but honestly, I, I'm just leaning towards saying yes, but I don't know why.
1: Progestins increase the risk of Alzheimer's by
0: 100%. Increase? Hmm. Okay. Increase,
1: and this has come from studies on women using it um, and birth control and that sort of stuff. Um, and there's there's quite a lot of research on these areas, but progestins actually are quite damaging. And I did wonder when I read it, when I was reading this research, I was thinking because Tren has this progestin-like action, is that part of why Tren has this brain damage element to it, where we see damage in brain cells and we see damage that's on a par with Alzheimer's. Hmm. Um, is, is it progesterone that's causing that, that link? Um, it was cause it was quite interesting that progesterone can trigger the progesterone receptor, but they can also be, they can act in different ways with it as well. Okay. And they can, they can act on estrogen receptors and other receptors as well. Um, so, it was that was so going back to I'm going too off topic here, I do apologize. But, um, in regards to trend, I don't think there is a drug that is trends equal, hmm. um, in both performance but also in, in damage as well. It, it's it's above there on that side of things as well. Uh, and unfortunately, it's it's a drug that's very popular in use uh, and. Up at this point, we still are only really scratching the surface as to what this thing can do.
0: I've heard of people talking about uh, ment being the next best thing, Trust alone acetate, though right. I, I have in my personal experience and experience watching other people tell me about their experiences uh, and clients, I have not seen that to be the case. It just doesn't seem to be quite as powerful of an effect as trend. Though a it, lot of sides…
1: Science- if you take away the side effects for, for for arguments, case if you say, right, let's just get rid of what side effects these drugs cause, yeah, and just look at their pure anab- anabolic impact, then I would say trends top of the tree, yeah. I would then say you're probably looking at men and DHB,
0: yeah, DHB is up there,
1: yeah, I would say it's one of them two. Um, and then it gets a bit varied because you've got drugs that are particularly good at one thing, but not particularly good at another thing. And, yeah. and so it starts to get a bit of a trade-off there. You know, test, test is up there. Test is high. When you start throwing in physical side effects, then Decker comes up the, the, the ladder very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because Decker has a very low physical side effect. Decker's side effects are more mental. Mm. Um, so it depends on what considerations you take when you look at the drugs in regards to to its impact on you physically or its impact on you mentally against its productivity as a drug. Yeah. Um, and that unfortunately is down to the individual's risk reward ratios and what they feel is worth what they perceive they're going to gain out of using that drug. All
0: right, we've got a bunch more here, so let's try to we'll try to get through these last several. Uh, uh, more of a rapid fire. Um, okay. Using GH and other peptides to uh, recovery from an injury. That this is mm-hmm. common, uh, say a pec tear. But what about using gear to help injury healing? And I'll say, with my shoulder, I just started. Uh, I started a low dose of Deca at 300 milligrams a week. I'm going to see if that gives me any type of additional benefit. I know both Deca EQ as well as Anavar all do increase collagen synthesis so i I can only think it's gonna help with my shoulder
1: the yeah the i would say anabolics do have a positive impact they i don't think it's huge where you see stuff like decker and eq like say if it's tendon based then you'll see more of a positive impact from those drugs rather than muscular repair so it's a muscular tear as in the actual muscles tool um but the downside with anabolics is obviously you get that increase in muscular strength Mm. that can then be counterproductive if you're not disciplined in your physical rehab while using the drug
0: that's a great point for sure
1: so as long as you're going to be physically disciplined in how you rehab the muscle then a low dose of anabolic will help um you, and but I don't and it it's just about that, that upturn of protein synthesis and that increase of nitrogen retention which is all going to help build muscle tissue and help that muscle repair and recover uh that go with a combination of peptides and growth hormone and and you you are definitely going to speed your recovery up if it's more tendon based you're going like you say more towards decker and eq um and again peptides in there will again help speed that recovery up but the counter of that is that you've got to be very disciplined that you don't allow the increased strength so that you put more faith in that injured area before it's actually earned its faith. Yeah. You've got to hold yourself back and regulate yourself so you don't get running away with it.
0: I may, depending on how things go, I might leave DECA in at a low dose, like 200 a week, But just like with my kind of TRT program. You know, I'll see how this goes. But I mean, at this age, I'm in my 40s now, I want to be able to continue lifting hard. You know, if it could potentially have some benefits to my joints long term, then, uh, you know, I might keep it in. But this is an experiment for now.
1: You're a young looking 40. I'll give you that, Scott.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Dave. You said one nice thing about me.
1: Yeah. I, I Whenever you say your age, I always think you don't look it.
0: It's because I just I'm very immature. So you just assumed I was a lot younger. <laughs> uh, thoughts on. OK, we got a DHB question. Thoughts on DHB. One test sip. Uh, such as dosing um, milligram per week uh, help with the uh, the PIP the PIP. What's the what's the PIP, Dave?
1: Post injection pain. The PIP. The PIP. Um, DHB is, a, is is a bit of a twat to suspend, and most labs that manufacture it don't do the best job. Yeah. And as a result, it can still be semi crystalline in its suspension, which makes mm. it fucking painful to inject, and it quite often will crash. Yeah, People will constantly complain, particularly in cold environments, particularly in winter, that their DHB is crystallining all the time. Hmm. Um, it can be surrendered, suspended correctly, but unfortunately a lot of labs just don't take the time to, to do it in the, the, the slow and controlled way it needs to be to suspend well. It's effective. I find that for most people side effects aren't that well tolerated and as a result it generally becomes more hassle than it's worth so they'll try it once they're impressed the results but they can't be arse putting up with feeling like crap all the time
0: okay yeah
1: um, and that's the general feedback I see from it um, I have used it but only briefly um, I didn't feel that the feeling like arse <laughs> and the pain warranted the results to be quite honest Mm, yeah um but it is effective it is a powerful drug but it does need to be respected because it will bite you on the ass if you take the piss so i would very much approach that with a less is more approach uh, and feel your way in as to how you feel on it and i would keep your 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 duration of being on it in the lower end of the sort of six eight You know, don't start running 16-week cycles of DHB.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, here's one that we've talked about before, but uh, I suppose, you know, not everybody has seen every episode. Uh, Jake Radcliffe asks, uh, opinions on uh, a need to come off completely for off of TRT completely once in a while. Uh, Like, are there any benefits once a year for six to 10 weeks? One aspect to that would be uh, what I consider a myth is the is there any, like, trying to resensitize the receptors, get them cleaned
1: out? Okay. That is a myth. It's absolute bollocks.
0: You don't want to clean out your receptors, Dave? You want dirty receptors? Is that what you're telling me?
1: I am telling you that my receptor dies after four hours, so I don't need to clean it because I've got a brand fucking new one.
0: After every four hours, you, you, you turn mm-hmm. them over?
1: They're constantly turning over. Okay. People don't seem to grasp this and it's the basic concepts of, of, of steroids. Steroids go in, we inject them into the muscle, they soak into the bloodstream, they travel around the body, they attach to a receptor, they dump their signal, they detach and they float off again. In the meantime, when they are three, they can attach to SHBG, they can attract, attach to albumin, they can attach to aromatase and be converted to estrogen. Or they can attach to another receptor. But this process is going on constantly, constantly attaching, detaching, attaching. Obviously, if they convert to estrogen, they become another compound, and then they attach to estrogen receptor, dump the signal, and then they detach and float off again. And they break down in accordance with their half-life. When when testosterone is released and it is in its pure form, its half-life is is it six hours? I think. Can't remember. But its half-life is quite short, so it, 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 it's not a durable compound that hangs around in your body for ages. So this process is constantly going on mm. and at the same time, receptors are dying off and being remade and dying off and being remade in the same as skin cells do in the same as you, you, you know, the cells in your eyes and your other organs are constantly being renewed. The same thing happens with your receptors. So receptors don't desensitize it. Absolute myth, complete bollocks. If receptors desensitized, then, well, if you if someone says to oh, I've got an androgen deficiency, or I've got an androgen resistance and my receptors are desensitized, then basically what they're telling you is they have a you have they have a micropenis.
0: OK, well, how about because uh,
1: your, di- your dick wouldn't grow in <laughs> puberty if you were if your receptors desensitized?
0: Well, how about uh, so, needing a break then for heart health, other organs, uh, other sexual health? uh things like that things that to to give your organs a break from the trt do you need to do that now
1: there is there is something to be said for mechanisms up cycle of the receptors or upstream of the receptors in a way that if you run a trt that mimics natural levels then there's no real reason to have a break because you're mimicking natural levels if you run a trt that's above natural levels then there may be a need to at least if nothing else bring the dose down to natural levels to give everything upstream a little bit of a rest because you are basically running at a supercharged basis
0: yeah so you're basically when cycling you start, at that point
1: yeah so it's not it, it, this is where the, it gets a bit gray because at what point does dosage become cycle and at what point is it therapeutic and there's a lot of argument about that there's a big trend in the states to, to run trt at quite high doses comparatively um, and go by how you feel and everything else, but generally when you start pushing things out of range, you'll start to increase estrogen conversion, you'll start to increase red blood cell proliferation and as a result your blood's going to get thick, your estrogen is going to get high, prolactin is going to start to develop and you're going to start to have to manage more things, but if you keep it in range generally everything else will behave. Okay. If you've been on cycle for an extended period of time, the chances of you recovering for an 8, 10-week period are virtually nil. Yeah. So you're probably going to do more harm and cause more stress to yourself by coming off. What would be much more sense is get your dosing to a point where your, your test levels are 25, 26, 27, somewhere around there, In UK numbers, obviously, so about a 1,000 in in stateside numbers, 1,100, somewhere around there. Uh, And and sit at that for a period of time while everything sort of gets back to normal before you do your next drive and push onwards.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, and overall, you know, kind of like what you're saying, if you're at natural levels... It's just doing what the, I mean, it, there's no sense in being absent of testosterone for eight to 10 weeks or whatever the guy had said, you know, you, I mean, testosterone, it's going to be in your body regardless if you were natural, you know, or, or using, I mean, if you're natural and, and healthy, you would have testosterone. If you're on TRT, the point is to replace what you no longer have because your body's not producing it. Being absent of that, I think could actually cause health problems of its own, right? Not yes. having testosterone.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, oh, definitely low estrogen, which is going to cause an increase in in brittleness in, in the bones. Is going to cause tendon problems. Not to mention, obviously, libido issues, sexual drive, fat gain, mental clarity. All those things that come with hormones. Yeah.
0: We'll we'll save a bunch of them here for the next show. I'll take one more question here that was on our live feed because there's a good chance we won't see that next time around. Um, And then after that, we will call it a day. Hi, guys. Really enjoy the shows. Do you feel that somebody could uh, complete a few cycles without causing long-term health issues? 25 years old, been training for nine years. Um, I'm not wanting to compete, but I'm wanting to achieve greater muscular results. He uses this word whilst. Whilst being healthy as I can. Many thanks. Keep it up.
1: whilst 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 is the word that's not
0: a word though that's the thing Dave yes it is whilst is a word whilst I am doing something you're spelling it it wrong w-h-i-l-e while
1: no it's not no it's w-h-i-l-s-t
0: I think he's trying to spell whistle but he's missing some letters that would make more sense to me Scott I'm not wanting to compete but I am wanting to achieve greater muscular results whistle Being as healthy as I can, Whilst
1: being as healthy as I can.
0: He meant whistle. I'm pretty sure, but anyway, go ahead, Dave. Tell him, give him some advices here.
1: God, you're painful sometimes. Don't even you just don't, don't, don't (laughs) do it, you. (laughs) By the way, I think you need to shave your hair off and stop. You're you're losing the battle here, mate.
0: (laughs) I'm losing the battle. you got to face reality, Dave. Seriously, I think that guy's got some mental problems. But that's a whole other topic.
1: Yeah, Scott's got a hater. Uh, It's usually me that gets him, so I'm quite happy about this one. I think he's fucking brilliant. Um, In regards to this, um, can you run cycles safely? Safe is a really awkward word to use when you start talking about steroids. Um yes, tentatively you can. Okay. Um it's all about risk management at the end of the day, and there is no there is there's definitely the ability to run a cycle, run two cycles, run three, four cycles, and have no long term health impacts. Okay. Um, particularly if you are very health conscious and you do take care of that. I I, I know a few people that have run thirty cycles that have had no long term health impacts. Okay. No no. Um but in the same way, I know people smoke 40 cigarettes a day, 103, and never had cancer. So, you know, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, it depends on the individual, their tolerance to drugs, and how their body works. But in essence, if you were planning on running a few cycles, as in one, two, or three, you were sensible with your dosages, you took time off in between cycles, you monitored your health, I see no reason why you couldn't get through that and come out the other side with, with no issues.
0: Let me ask a question, Dave. How many people do you know that have only run one or two cycles? You know what I mean? Uh,
1: probably two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once you start, yeah, it's, it's hard against to... Against
1: thousands. It, it is yeah. it's very hard, yes. Yeah, and it's, it's like not, eating chocolate. Once, once you've eaten chocolate, you just can't stop.
0: It's You know, here's the deal is that you see such great progress, it's hard to think about going back. Usually, Usually when the guy's on his first cycle, he's only halfway through it before he's planning his next one you know
1: yeah it's very true Uh, and even if you are disciplined enough to do one or just do two the mental adjustment to not having that extra benefit in the gym with your recovery and your growth rate it's difficult to go back Um, if you had an old piece of shit motor that had 80 horsepower and someone gave you a 500 horsepower, top of the range, high performance vehicle and said, so, there you go, I have that for two years. And they right. like, oh no, you're going back to your piece of shit. That's
0: a great analogy. That piece of
1: shit is going to be such a piece of shit now. Whereas before, you know what? It's a piece of shit, but it's my piece of shit. Now it's like, there. Yeah. you're going to hate even looking at it. And it's that sort of thing. It's just if you can mentally adjust to not being supercharged then then power to you for it but a lot of people struggle with that uh, and i know i've and we've discussed this in the past about coming from being big and strong and powerful to going back to being normal is a difficult adjustment
0: i love your analogy every time i go to mini cooper and i my car gets some work done on it they always give me a, a loaner that i can take you know they're, they're really cool about that mini cooper has awesome service by the way they uh, they're they're always really cool. They've got like really fancy coffee machines in the shop. So if you're just there for like an oil change, you can hang back the great amenities. You buy, you know, there's food there for free. Uh, you know Great coffee, like I said. If it's going that's to like
1: be. You a, just go. You go to the showroom every time you're hungry or want a coffee, do you? Yeah,
0: yeah. If I uh, if, if if I need to get more extended work done, then they give me a loaner car. And I'll tell you what. Every time they give me that loaner car, it's always the latest model. It's always loaded. It's always a little faster than my car. And man, it it, it sure does make you think. Like, man, I want this now. It's hard to go back. It's hard to go back after you've run a cycle. That's for sure.
1: I I bought a car last December. And two weeks after buying it, someone smashed up the back end of it.
0: I remember that, yeah.
1: Um, They had a lot of problems getting the new bumper for it. It was going on forever and ever. So BMW lent me what they call a BMW experience car. Oh, okay. Which was a top of the range, fully (laughs) loaded. Every conceivable extra you can think of. This thing had an auto drive in it, so it effectively drove itself. It had heated seats, cooled seats, massage seats. This thing did everything. I could drive it off the remote control. Oh, it was just ridiculous the toys on this thing.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: I cried when I gave that back. And (laughs) I sat in my car and I'm like, no, don't. I love my new car when I got it. I sat in my car after three and a half months in this thing and I was like, this is shit. It, oh, it was awful.
0: <laughs> That's funny, man. When it, when it was probably awful. a really nice car, and you, like you said, you loved yeah, it when I, you first got I, it. I know? loved
1: it. Absolutely adored it. It's like best car I've ever had. Uh, yeah. But having been spoiled like that for so long, it was just that first drive was just like, mm, don't do this and mm, don't do that, and uh, it hasn't got a heads up display, and oh no, I can't turn my massage seat on. A, <laughs> oh, I haven't got a fridge in the armrest. Oh, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all It right. was unbelievable was that thing Absolutely unbelievable Well
0: listen guys that wraps us up We do have some more questions left over uh, We will take all those questions on the next episode It'll give us a running start We'll be back with more drugs in the news We'll be back with um, a, an English lesson From Dave uh, We did a little mini English lesson here On how to spell whistle properly uh, But we'll, we'll be back with something a little bit more solid next time Guys, of course, go to crosslands.org.uk and uh, check out all our great sponsors. We've got links in the description. Guys, do us a favor. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit the button because we have several programs coming out each week. If you enjoy our content, hit the like, leave us a comment. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. Dave Crossland, David Stanley, as always. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot, brother. Peace.
1: No problem, Cynthia.